Hey, what's up? It's your boy Anthony Cass Clark, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily. Good people of the world, what is up? I hope that all is well, all is well on this side. Today, another very special episode lined up for you featuring my guy, Eric Thomas, E.T., the hip-hop preacher. This time, found this clip of Eric talking about the 1% Club. That's something that he's been on very uh, really lately. Uh, they're having a lot of conferences around it. And it's all about the concept of transitioning from where you are into the 1%. Financially, uh, mentally, physically, all those different aspects. There's a 1% that lives the way they want to live by doing what they want to do, by doing the things that most people will not. That what makes them the 1%, right? So recently, I found this clip, and I was just listening to Eric talk, and it just started speaking to me in this way that I was like, wow. It was a wake-up call, because I think we had this episode one time here before called Comfort Kills, and I still subscribe to that. Comfort Kills. Comfort is like the sneaky little thing that will sneak up in your life and kill all your ambitions, kill your motivations, and kill your goals without you realizing it until the last moment, right? And I was listening to this, and Eric was talking about routine, routine, routine. I am somebody who prides myself on the fact that I wake up early, 4.45 a.m., 5 a.m. I get up, I read, I, I look at things, whatever, right? But as of recently, my routine has changed. I'm in this I'm in this weird space where I'm learning how to operate in the new space that I'm in where I have my own office space um I have more clients um there's tons of things that have changed and so with those changes I have to change and I feel as though I have been operating as the old me and the old me is not capable of succeeding where the new me is required Hopefully, hopefully that makes sense to you. So listening to Eric talking, he's talking about routines. He's talking about becoming a one percenter, right? Why are you not in the one percent? These one, these things that are holding you back from it, right? And it made me think about my own life, and I was like, man, this is this is beautiful. This is something that helps me. So like I always say on the podcast, if it helps me, it's going to help you. So what I'm going to do is let you hear that clip, and um, I will speak to you tomorrow. Peace. Blessings. I want to transition. Uh, one of the things that I learned from E, and as we're talking about the 1%, right? We're talking about getting to that 1% lifestyle mindset financially in your health, whatever it is. One of the things, E, that I say from even early on, and I love it. I think I can't remember what I, I tweeted. I don't ever tweet, but every once in a while I have a deep thought run through my head and I'll tweet something from E's account. But I said, Everybody's focused on the success, but not the sacrifice, right? And so the sacrifice, you know, really was the routine for us early on. And so, like, I know what this looks like now, and you guys see E and the NBA stuff and the NFL and all the, you know, fancy, sexy stuff, but a lot of people don't see the routine and the sacrifice that it took to, took to get here. So one of the things, and I think, again, success leaves clues, you told me one of the first things was multiple streams of income, and that the 1% wake up at a certain time and they have a certain routine. And you got a chance to sit with Warren Buffett, who is, I don't even know what percent that is. That's not even a percent. That's the 0%. Y'all look for the 0% conference 2030. All right? That's just when you just balling so hard, you're not even in a percentage. Um, 
But you were able to sit down and actually glean from Warren Buffett and those types, and it kind of validated some of the stuff that we were already doing. So talk about routine and not just waking up like an accident. Like, I think a lot of people, you have an idea, you have a vision, you have a dream, but then there's no clear-cut path to executing it based on, you know, kind of your routine. And for us, you guys, you got to think about it. We would come to the office early every single day, an hour before work start, because we knew we could use that full hour for the dream. Then work would start. We would do our work from 8 to 11, then 11. It was back to working on the dream. And so we had a routine. And at the time, I didn't even realize it, but it still creates a routine within me to this day. Like, my wife's in the back. She will tell you, like, I have a certain routine, and I get, like, irritated if I come off that routine at all. She'll be like, babe, I know you don't. Can you please? I got a dentist appointment. I'm like, oh, my God. Just because I'm so tied to my success habits. And that was that probably comes from you teaching me that. So talk about why you've always been so big about routine and how that has contributed to you now being in the 1%. Yeah, well, one of the things I realized is that before the routine, I... I wasn't successful because of who I was. Like in a lot of y'all for real, here's what you gotta stop doing. You hold people to the fire when they don't do what they're supposed to do, but you give yourself a pass. Like, and you gotta stop doing that. Like I see in this generation, people will let their kids get away with stuff that I know you wouldn't let nobody else's kid get away with. Mm. But sometimes when you're so close to something, you don't treat it in the, you don't, you don't treat it real. Like you give it a pass because it's your it's your baby. But if somebody else was to get on your couch and do that, you'd have a fit or somebody. So what I had to start doing was saying, you got to stop holding other people to the fire. You got to hold yourself to the fire. And I realized that without a schedule, I was the one that was messing up my life. And I realized I needed a schedule because I wasn't I wasn't the the brand to get me where I wanted to go. If that makes sense, like that version of Eric Thomas would never make me a one percenter. I realized that. So when I sat down with Warren Buffett, three things that blew my mind. I never really realized where his money came from. So the first thing I did was I was like, yo, his money comes from investments. Well, what happened was when he was 12 years old, his father gave him his first like grand and let him make an investment. So I realized he's not getting up early in the morning just to get up in the morning. What he says he does is he reads. He doesn't just read books. That's not what he does. He reads financial reports. So this dude was telling me he read a financial report of General Motors in like 1964. And I'm thinking like, why would you be reading? It's 2000, whatever it was, 14, 15, I don't remember what year it was. It wasn't the 60s. But to his point, he was reading the document, the financial, listen to me. He's a financial genius. What was he reading? Finances. For real, y'all be coming up to me like, yo E, what you reading? Why? You trying to be a motivational speaker? You're trying to be the next Martin Luther King? You're trying to be the next Mother Teresa? Why are you trying to read what I'm reading? Like, what are you trying? Like, you're trying to impress somebody? Why are you reading what I'm trying to read if you're not trying to be me? You, he was not reading Mother Teresa. He wasn't reading about leaders. He was reading a financial report from 1964 General Motors. Why? Because General Motors had one of their successful financial years in 1964. And so he was looking for the clues of what were they doing specifically in 1964 that can be duplicated in 2014? That's what he was looking for. So a lot of you getting up early because ET get up early, but you getting up early for no reason. You just up early, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny, right? So, and I've had this conversation before, right? So when you get up that early, guess who else gets up that early? Like people who work out. So I'm, I'm with Rochelle and I'll be going back and forth with Rochelle and Rochelle be hitting me up like, E, what you doing? I just had to say to Rochelle, like, Rochelle, I ain't trying to be funny. I'm not on what you on. 
Like I'm working out to be healthy. You get paid. You're going to have a different intensity than I have. You're making money doing it. I don't make no money when I work out. Like, ain't no money being made. So I'm going to give it 30 minutes and I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not about to be sitting here working out for an hour and a half. She's like, I'm on the bike now. I've been on for an hour and a half. How long you been on? I'm like, 29, 29, 30 seconds, 30. Bop. I'm out, Rochelle. That's it for me. Why? I don't put a lot of emphasis in my in working out because I don't benefit financially from that. You understand what I'm saying? So I put a lot of emphasis in leadership. I put a lot of emphasis on the disc assessment. I am a personality guy. I change people's per professional and personal life. That's what I do. So be careful that your routine is pointing to where you're trying to get to and you're not wasting time. So I'm looking at Warren Buffett. He says he reads six hours a day. He reads, he reads financial documents six hours a day. That's the first thing he does, seven days a week, six hours. But watch this. You go, ooh, but watch this. When you read something for six hours times seven, that's 42 hours, right? That's 42 hours a week, right? I don't know how many hours that is a year, but guess why he makes the best financial decisions? Because all he's doing is financial stuff. That's he putting in 10,000, 20,000, 40,000, 50,000 hours. All right, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna let y'all go. We're gonna go to the next question. Watch this. I, somebody sent this to me and I just shared it with CJ. This is crazy. Do you know that you don't start making a million dollars? The age group that makes a million is 35 to 39. They make an average of 1,250,000. Yep, that's okay. Up, this is the 1% club. I'm sorry, thank you. The 1% club. If you're 18 to 23, it's only 20,000. If you're 24 to 29, it's 80,000. If you're 30 to 34, it's 400,000. If you're 35 to 39, it's 1,250. Watch this. Warren Buffett is in the, he probably 65, yeah, he's 65 plus. That's 11,750,000. Do, do you see this? At, with the age, the money goes up. So when Warren Buffett was younger, he wasn't making this kind of money. But when he started hitting 40, 50, that's when he started blowing up as a one percenter. So what I'm trying to tell you is what happened. It took all those years of getting all that information, all those years of studying all that stuff, all those years of putting in that work, and then finally all that stuff was, comp that knowledge was compound interest, and then he started making certain decisions that people thought was like rare. It wasn't rare. It was that all that time finally caught up to his decision making. He became a, fi he became finances. So every move he made was all these years of studying and been boom. So what a lot of you doing wrong to CJ's point, if you're gifted in three areas, then that means you're going to have to get 30,000 hours just to be like basically a master. But what if you did one thing and got 30 hours of information in just that one area? You guys got 10,000 in three different areas. So while you got 10,000, I got 40, 50,000 in one area. What? Speaking. And guess what the disc is? The disc is still going further into personalities. It's still the same exact thing. So I'm putting more hours on top. So the routine is important because eventually it's going to make you a beast in one particular area. That's why you need a routine because you can't trust yourself not to get off track. That routine is going to keep you on track and make you a one percenter.